You're listening to the Niners Bros, your home for post-game analysis, correcting media narratives, and keeping you up to date on all things San Francisco 49ers. What's up, guys? I'm Michael Ditchfield. And I'm David Ditchfield, and we are the Niners Bros. We are back for Season 2 to provide you with 49ers coverage throughout the year. We'll be doing game recaps and drive-by-drive analysis, but before we do that, we're going to make sure we get you up to speed on the 49ers preseason and get ready for that week one against the Steelers. Obviously, a lot of storylines, a lot of news for the 49ers in the last week. And we're going to go over the 53-man roster and the practice squad, which have been finalized. But obviously, the first and most significant domino that has fallen is that Trey Lance is no longer a member of the 49ers. And it's stunning. Anything that can go wrong in the 49ers QB room seems to go wrong. Yeah. Just a wild set of circumstances that led us to this place 49ers fans have to be just shaking their head in disbelief and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch who we are big supporters of definitely have a few issues we want to talk about um, in terms of how they handled this process but boy they are sure taking it from the fans and from the media there's memes flying around all over the place that show you what the Dolphins were able to use those picks obviously they packaged some of their own picks in to get those guys but essentially they turned the Trey Lance trade into Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill and Bradley Chubb and man am I it just makes you want to throw up every time you see those memes and you realize that now the 49ers basically are just getting a fourth round pick back from Dallas and Dallas is eating his salary. So as awful as that is a fourth round pick is actually better than I think most people were expecting to get for Trey Lance at this point based on his injury history and complete and utter lack of actual game experience. Yeah. It's hard to, I think the perception has been that anyone can operate Shanahan's offense successfully it's so tailored to make things easy for the quarterback so a little bit it's very damaging to Trey Lance that he was not able to succeed here it's like well if you can't do anything with him what are we going to do so yeah the Bills Ravens Lions a few of these other teams are rumored to have been you know interested but Vikings were in the mix a lot of people were saying the Vikings were as well but at more of like a sixth or fifth round pick level ultimately the Cowboys came in last minute um, and got got the deal done with a fourth round pick and we're going to talk mostly 49ers, you know, <laughs> who are still on the team throughout the rest of this season, I'm sure with an occasional look back at Trey Lance, but just kind of finishing, you know, a little bit of sort of a recap of, of his tenure and, and his future. How do you feel about him going to Dallas? If, if you were Trey Lance in his camp, you know, they're saying that they're happy about it. Do you, do you like the fit? Well, I think based on what we've heard, and I would really – love to have been a fly on the wall to hear that conversation between Kyle Shanahan and Trey Lance when he found out that Sam Darnold had in fact beat him out for the number two spot on the depth chart. And now that this is official, you're hearing basically everybody saying, well, this is a much better fit for Trey. We're glad that this is a better opportunity for him. But at the end of the day in Dallas, he is still going to be the third string quarterback. And I'm not sure how or when he's going to get on the field in Dallas either, barring some kind of injury. Obviously, you've got Dak Prescott there, and then Dallas's backup, just all he did last year in his limited action was went 5-1. and So he's, he's still solidly in third on the depth chart, but it seems like he is happy. He needed a fresh start 
in the absolute worst way mm-hmm. and he got one. So it does seem like he's happy. And if Trey is happy, good for him. You know, he's just a, a tremendous high character guy. Um, I have nothing but praise for him and in, in terms of how he handled this unbelievably complex quarterback situation where just one thing went wrong after another horrible timing on injuries, QB drama with veterans, Garoppolo. Sure. You know, the the whole thing. And he apologized. (laughs) That was another nugget that came out in the press conferences as he was told that he had lost out on the job and basically clinching the, the team viewed him as, as not even worthy of being a backup. He apologized for, for not meeting their expectations, which I think a lot of people in that situation would have had more of an FU kind of response to it. But, but he, like you said, I think it was just time for a fresh start. Shanahan and Lynch, you know, answered a lot of questions in that press conference and give the 49ers media some credit. Sometimes they're criticized, I think, fairly for carrying the team's water and not pushing back or asking any questions. But this was one where when you trade three first round picks and a and a fourth to go get someone and then you end up completely bailing on that. I think the, the media was right to to ask them what went wrong and, and to, to kind of push them on, on those fronts. Uh, some different nuggets. I would say a lot of the emphasis from Shanahan and Lynch in their answers it was just really centered on the injuries, you know, blaming the injuries for, for what happened. Uh, there was pushback on that, of course, but I, I think that they made some other assertions. The The first one that we can kind of discuss is they, they just said that, in their opinion, Trey Lance was just not ready in, in year one to, to, to have the reins. And the eye test sitting at home for the average fan is not as accurate as what the coaches see what they know about football, what they actually observe in the practices. And it's interesting. Shanahan said that he kind of gleans more information in practices than in preseason games, but it is hard as fans to watch Trey Lance struggle with really, really basic quarterback 101 stuff in his third year in Shanahan's system. Obviously it's a phenomenally complicated system, but at the same point, so much of this is basically just get the ball out, get it into the hands of your skill players and let them do their thing. Yak bros, right? So to see Trey Lance struggle so mightily to just make decisions to get the ball out, you see him double clutching, not not pump faking, okay? There's a difference, right? If you're pump faking to try and look off a of safety, that is a very different thing than just being gun shy yeah. and clutching in the middle of a pocket in a clean pocket and just not being able to release, not being able to trust yourself to make those throws. And there's really just no excuse for that. The, I guess, most surprising thing is that Trey Lance is such an intelligent guy, such a cerebral player. He blew Shanahan and Lynch away in his interviews in yeah, terms of his knowledge. and and all of that. Yeah, just his, in terms of his football IQ, he was labeled as being like a savant-level football IQ guy. And it's just so surprising to see him not being able to seemingly process his reads and get the ball out where it needs to go. It's just really hard to understand. And the only thing that you can break it down is that he simply needs game reps that he never got in high school and never got in college. You you would think that even just sitting on the bench, he would have learned more, would have been would have grown more. But unfortunately, that's just not the case. And when you see him struggling to do the most basic things, yes, he has a cannon for an arm. 
He makes some unbelievable splashy plays and big time throws, but he also takes a ton of sacks because he holds the ball for way too long. His escapability is not really as advertised in terms of him being a premium athlete. I would argue that Brock Purdy is much more fluid in the pocket and, and kind of shifty. He may not have anywhere close to the top end speed that Trey Lance does, but he's avoiding sacks and he's getting the ball out just a huge difference. Um, so again, it's just so hard to see. It's, it's a perfect storm of everything that can go wrong, going wrong in terms of injuries, quarterback drama, Brock Purdy coming on and stealing the show. It's just, you feel so, so bad for Trey Lance. And it's, it's just sad as fans, 49ers fans, we saw his potential. We know what he has the ability to do, whether or not he'll ever get to do that. I don't know if he ends up leading the Dallas Cowboys past the 49ers <laughs> in this year's playoffs. Yeah. You guys should just Baker Act me <laughs> well, immediately. The, the NFL script writers, is that, is that what they've, <laughs> they've written? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Would no, you be but, surprised at this point? I mean, come on. 49ers quarterbacks. Yeah. It's it's hard. You, you look back at that rookie year, and a lot of people say, well, they should have played him anyway. Like, for the future of the team, they should have played him anyway. But I think this is where the veterans were – We've always heard rumblings or rumors of these, but they've only gotten louder. I think it's pretty clear that they came to Kyle as the offense was sort of sputtering early on and said, look, we don't have time for for this tray package. It's completely disrupting the rhythm of the offense. He wasn't really ready in year one um, to be the full-time starter. And yes, the 49ers didn't win, but it's hard to argue that sticking with Jimmy was the wrong plan when you see how far they got. They you know, didn't didn't win the Super Bowl, but... But yeah, year two, I thought it was interesting that Shanahan and Lynch did admit that they committed to him even though he wasn't ready. That was the closest I think they came to really throwing Trey under the bus is just saying that he was not ready to be a traditional full-time you know, quarterback, but they were hoping that by the end of the year he would develop into and instead he got hurt. You and know? they said that they had really customized or tailored the offense to sort of feature his strengths in that year. And then, of course, the, the early injury just kind of wrecked those plans completely but they said basically we were prepared to go with him and kind of live with the growing pains um which obviously in year two you would hope that there wouldn't be as many growing pains but again it all comes down to his just complete lack of experience and game reps that he was never never able to overcome i think the hardest thing to swallow from the press conference was just the answers to the question about sort of how this came about in, in terms of Trey being chosen as as third, you know, behind Sam Darnold. Shanahan's answer was just, well, I just I just knew, you know, he, he wasn't able to, you know, because the question was asked, you know, from all these reporters, they've been watching training camp, they've been charting all of the stats, and they looked pretty similar to Sam throughout the preseason. And then in the preseason games, you know, Trey certainly looked horrible in that Raiders game with all the double clutching, like you said, but he did look better you know, the, the following week and, and the numbers at the end of the day made it look much better than, yeah. <laughs> than it actually looked again in yeah. terms of the eye test. He, he finished with decent numbers, but had two balls that should have been intercepted. One of them turned into a touchdown, you know, just kind yeah. of deceptive stats at the end of the day. Um, we have been big supporters on this podcast of Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, and we still are, but I have to say, objectively here it's very strange the way that this all went down and again what else is new it's it's quarterbacks in San Francisco but it was very strange Kyle Shanahan was interviewed 
asking essentially who was going to get the number two job. And the way that he made it sound was almost like it was a baseball thing where it was going to be like a matchup thing. Like maybe we like, you know, maybe we like Sam against this team or maybe we like Trey against that team. And that it was kind of a, they were on equal footing and that he hadn't really decided. And then the next day, there's some kind of leak within the organization. There's speculation that it's because uh, Lance and Darnold share the same agent, yeah. that the agent was kind of the one pushing that leak. But then the very next day, they come out and they say, no, it is absolutely Sam is definitely the guy. Yeah. So then the media goes to Shanahan and they say, well, when did you decide this? And then Shanahan says, well, 10 days ago, I knew. Yeah, yeah I knew. Cool. <laughs> I just knew. And he, he started to separate himself. It's like yesterday you just said that you hadn't decided. So one of the things that we like the most about this head coach and GM combo, and we've said this over and over again, they say what they mean and they mean what they say. In this case, they had to come out afterwards and admit that, look, we did not really plan or have any inkling that this was going to leak out the way that it did. So that kind of put them into this disaster recovery sure. mode where they had to cover their butts as much as they could, try not to make Trey look like a terrible, weak, bad teammate who couldn't learn the offense, but also making it clear that there was a reason that Sam Darnold got the job, just put them into an impossible situation. It was not handled well at all. Yep. And then further compounded by the fact that after this news broke, Shanahan and Lynch were nowhere to be found. They sent Fred Warner out there to answer questions about where is Trey Lance? Yeah. Why is Trey Lance not at practice? Shanahan did explain that literally two minutes after the practice ended, he gave an interview on the radio KNBR that he thought was going to be live. And he considered that to be his alert to the, to the media. But apparently there was a baseball game going on that yeah. went into extra now, innings. And if, if you are cynical, then you probably call BS on that. You know, it, as it, excuses it, yeah. go, it's pretty good. Yeah, but, but yeah. yeah, certainly if you're not looking to give him the benefit of the doubt, I could definitely see calling BS on that yeah. for sure. At this point, it's neither here nor there. Um, Trey Lance is now a member of the Cowboys in the quarterback room. If you're being totally honest, the quarterback room this year, as opposed to last year, is worse. Last year, you had Jimmy Garoppolo, who, for all of his faults and flaws, had been to a Super Bowl. You had Brock Purdy, who is our current starter, and Trey Lance. Now, instead, you have Brock, Sam, and Brandon Allen. So I don't, I don't think there's any debate. Brock coming off of a pretty serious yeah. injury. Yes, he's looked good. Um, rumor is that he's basically, you know, full go. He was on a bit of a, a pitch count if you will in practice this week but they said that was sort of previously planned it's not in reaction to anything that happened in any of the preseason games yeah. Brock looked great um, the arm was there there were a few throws that maybe sailed on him a bit where you know maybe knocking a little bit of the rust off but I don't think a huge reason to be concerned however you know what what is it going to take to sort of re-injure that or possibly make it even worse you just have to Hold your breath and hope for the best. We we are so scarred as fans. Yeah, can we stop with the seven step drops out of out of, out of not not even yeah like out of I formation and things like that. Yeah, I I do wish that that Trey was still on the team as a number three as opposed to Brandon Allen, who to me is is pretty uninspiring. Pointless. But I I get it from a salary relief standpoint. You know, you're still waiting for that Bosa extension to drop, and every penny counts. And I also get it you know, from a locker room standpoint that at least now the players aren't going to have to answer questions about it throughout the year. Anytime, you know, Brock throws an interception or God forbid he gets hurt and Sam comes out looking rough. So 
and, and and also just that they wanted to do right by him and they could see that he was unhappy and and you know they wanted to give him a a, a fresh start somewhere else but still i mean it's it, it's an f minus for the trade when when you give up a player that you gave up so much for and you get back a fourth rounder and a, a lot of the the media and and the the twitter or x media to calling for more accountability and will they need to answer for this <laughs> i i understand what they're saying but a little bit it's kind of exasperating it's like well well what do you mean by they need to answer for it like they should be fired well well you know not necessarily fired but but they need to answer well what, what, are you what else about? is there yeah. Like, yeah like you you get fired or you don't it's like what do you, you want jed york to like call them into the office and spank them like michael scott like kyle you are going to learn to draft more professionally like <laughs> you're gonna send them on administrative leave because they they made a bad draft pick like if that's the new modus operandi, there, there will be nobody left to run the team. So, you know, any any other more practical suggestions about, well, there needs to be more, well, more structure in place. It's like, okay, more voices in the room. Shanahan is still always going to want to have final say on the roster. And if you say, well, well, he shouldn't be allowed to, it's like, well, then he will quit. So those are your choices. You can have Shanahan and Lynch or you cannot. And if you really think that this... Yeah, do you, do you think there's a better head coach and GM combo just sitting out there available and nobody wants them? And if there were such a person, could Jed York hire them? <laughs> what are we talking about? A little Moneyball reference for you there. Yeah, it, it's tough. And remember that uh, Jed York also chose Trent Baalke over Jim Harbaugh. I'm actually still salty about that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 49ers fans, you need to have some perspective here and if you just can't stand Shanahan and Lynch then we are just going to have to agree to disagree on that they've been to the Super Bowl or the NFC Championship three times in the last five years and there are more than a handful of organizations who would kill to have had that kind of postseason success and look at what the 49ers have had to wade through to get there with essentially no quarterback half the time it's it's unbelievable what Lynch and Shanahan have done so again really rough offseason there there is some kind of alternate universe where I think they draft Trey Lance they redshirt him for a year he comes in he learns the offense he's confident he lights the league on fire and the 49ers win the Super Bowl but yeah. Boy, the percentage of that is is just so unbelievably low. The likelihood of that happening yeah. with a win now roster, they should have never moved up that far. The price to move up from twelve to three is simply too high. You can't put all your eggs in one basket like that. Yeah, I think that when you look at this whole situation, you know, and you talk about accountability and you know what's going to stop this from happening again, I think that no doubt a lesson has been learned <laughs> on this front. And if you have to sort of summarize this whole situation and say, was it a failure, you know, in drafting the wrong person? Was it a failure in developing, you know, failing to develop Trey Lance? Or was it just, you know, injuries? They made it sound in the press conferences like it was just all injuries and bad luck. And certainly there there was a good deal of that. But I think ultimately they will look back and know that the the problem here was drafting or or trading up in the draft two months in advance without a particular person set in stone and just taking your chances that you were going to fall in love with one of those prospects, which, you know, who knows, maybe despite all of what they said, they may not even have really, they may have gotten there and said, well, we've made the 
trade up. Now we have to pick one of one of these guys. I think that ultimately they will look back and know that that was the mistake. Because frankly, I mean, one of them could have torn his ACL and the other could have been arrested too. It's It, it was way too big of a risk to move that far up that without early. knowing exactly who you were taking and without either of the potential candidates, you know, who would be available being like four-year seniors or people with a strong track record. It was just way too big of a risk. And when you consider too, you know, who they could have, had if they were willing to pay that price i know they've put an emphasis on the salary cap and someone on a rookie deal but forget the salary cap you can you can afford to live without a few veterans if you had used those three first round picks do you think they could have gotten Kirk cousins yeah i or think the list of quarterbacks Rogers you, you wouldn't be able to get is Deshaun probably Watson. much smaller yeah. i mean you couldn't get mahomes you couldn't get burrow you couldn't get allen but outside of that i mean pretty much the sky is the limit like you said um, salary cap, of course, being the biggest um, implication there. So all of that to say, just a disastrous and disappointing end to the Trey area era, if you will. Yep. And we wish him the best, obviously, not this year against us in the playoffs, but <laughs> uh, certainly wish him the best. He just got a raw deal and was never able to overcome some really unfortunate circumstances. So we're talking about salary cap issues. Um, Nick Bosa still is not uh, officially a re-signed 49er, so that's fun. Yeah. yeah, hopefully we get that done in the next couple days. He's someone who it seems to us could roll out of bed and rush the passer, but it's getting late enough now that even if a deal is done, it's hard to imagine the 49ers just letting him go full stop without some kind of limit on things um, i will say one other like last nugget on <laughs> you know trey trey he was very classy on his way out the door jimmy g i, I don't want to say he was <laughs> he wasn't classy but shame on us if we don't mention this before talking to you guys about the 53-man roster today jimmy g was alluding to you know weird situations or things that happen <laughs> with a quarterback um you know situation in san francisco and shanahan was asked about it today yeah you've got to you've got to read that shanahan yeah. quote because that was like some next level saltiness he went full scorched earth on this it's yeah so beautiful. after after just saying that he doesn't pay attention too much to people who he doesn't have to worry about who aren't in the building anymore but he, he took time to say nice things about Trey Lance and, and his press conference. And then when he's asked about, um, you know, the whole quarterback saga and Jimmy's comments, he said, well, I didn't have any comments on those. But, you know, we did wait 10 weeks and then made a trade for uh, for a quarterback and talking about Jimmy Garoppolo at the start of their tenure. And he said, well, he played five games and then we made him the highest paid quarterback of all time at the time. And then he played two of the next five years and did really good in those two years. His injuries for three of those five years were legit and it was rough on him and rough on us. And then we made a move to go get a younger quarterback and we thought he'd be ready in two years and he wasn't. And now we have a different younger quarterback. So, so that's the situation. So. I don't know that his tone was quite as negative as you read it there, but yeah, those were those were some pretty pointed words from Shanahan. So I think reports that there was some love lost between Shanahan and Garoppolo, you can go ahead and say were officially true. Yeah. I don't know that the relationship deteriorated as soon or as quickly as a lot of people reported that it did, but certainly towards the end of the year, they were expecting him to at least make an effort to be available. But Jimmy clearly looking out for number one there. And look, how can you blame him? Yes, as a fan, you want to say, well, you know, you got to leave it all out on the field, be a gladiator, die for the team. And it's like, he's a human being who has a very limited window to make an ungodly amount of money compared yep. to anybody who's listening to this. And he was not going to jeopardize that after he already 
let his ego go completely in the backseat to be the backup to Trey Lance, take a lower salary that was incentive laden. So Jimmy looking out for number one, I have no problem with that. Um, yes, I think him ghosting the team and being completely out of contact is not really acceptable. We uh, all we all have a friend like that. Exactly. Yeah. Terrible about texting, right? You text him and then four days back, it still doesn't even say red. It's like, what are you doing? Come on. Yeah. But uh, yeah, what a what a, <laughs> what a saga. So thus ends the Jimmy Garoppolo Trey Lance era well, in San Francisco. Well, it was like you know Trey Lance was traded, and you know we're finally everyone was saying you know we can finally move on and have a day without yes. any Forty ers QB drama, and then bam. Uh, so yeah, like you said, with Bosa, we're not going to pretend we have an inside source. Everyone is online pretending they have an inside source that either he's getting traded or the signing is imminent. I've got news for you. Nobody, nobody has sources. Bosa and his agents, they'll, they'll, they'll figure this out and they'll, you know, at the end of it, he'll be the highest paid defensive player in the NFL. Yeah. Very likely. And as of Wednesday night, Jeremy Fowler, I think went on ESPN or somewhere and, and said that um, he expects Bosa to be there for week one against the Steelers and that he believes that a deal is imminent within the next few days. But like you said, nobody really knows for sure. Personally, I would be very surprised if he ends up missing time. Like you said, I think he is going to be the highest defensive uh, paid player in the NFL and the 49ers know what a crucial piece of the puzzle he is for that defense and team as a whole. Yeah. So let's talk about who, <laughs> if he is there for week one, who will be joining him on our 53-man roster. We did go through our cuts uh, yesterday, and the only guys who I think 49ers fans or, or writers were, were really surprised at or were, were hoping would make the team were the tackle Manning out of, uh, out of Hawaii, I believe, and then uh, Ishmael, the backup center, and Deshaun Jameson, all three didn't make the 53 and were then claimed by other teams. So a little bit disappointing. Quantrez Knight, too, was claimed, but then ended up ending up back on waivers and back on our practice squad. I think the other kind of notable things were just kind of the way the roster was spread out, you know, keeping three quarterbacks on the 53, um, six linebackers and five defensive backs is a little bit weird um, in today's NFL where you're never in base package. But I think they were just really impressed with Jalen Graham and D. Winters, who they drafted, and they didn't want to yeah. let them go. Um, but it's, Well, it's linebacker unusual. is pretty much the one position that the 49ers have shown they are really able to evaluate and draft really, really good players. There is a mold that they like. It's fast, slightly undersized, good tacklers in the vein of Warner and Greenlaw. They've had tremendous success, um, whether it's even draft or, you know, undrafted free agents, getting those types of guys into the building. So I'm not really worried about the linebackers. I was definitely surprised to see the number that they kept, although this is, again, still subject to change. We're waiting on Bosa. There's a lot of uncertainty with the kicking situation right yeah. now. Well, that's they, they were saying in the press conference today that they're hoping that Moody could actually be back by week one. That terrifies me, you know, in that Steelers stadium where, where the winds swirl. He already had a rough preseason before the injury. Super rough. Yeah, so, so you go in with a zero-confidence rookie kicker with an enormous chip on his shoulder knowing that he has something to prove because the 49ers really reached and took him where they did. So yeah, with a with an injury to his quad on his right leg, is that is that really how you want to start? The 49ers, I think, were planning to trade uh, Zane Gonzalez as well, so they carried him because they knew that he's a solid kicker. And it's like, well, hey, we'll at least get a seventh round pick for him at some point. Yeah. And then he injures he his hurt. calf and is going to miss multiple injury weeks. settlement. Yeah. So, so yeah, I guess you know there was just not 
not enough drama coming from the quarterback room, so they had to get some from the special teams unit. It's hard. The third round this year has the chance to be one that will Brutal. live in infamy between Jake Moody and then Cameron Latu, who did not make the you know in in Lynch's words, you know they put him on IR, but but they used the the phrase didn't make the fifty three. Like it's very clearly yes, he has this meniscus issue with his knee, but but they're not putting him on injured reserve because he won't be back in time to contribute this year. They're putting him on injured reserve because he needs to learn how to catch. And that's unfortunate for a guy they took in the third round who usually when the 49ers reach on someone, they get up at the press conference and they, they'll, they'll be transparent and they'll say, well, you know, we know the stats weren't great, but when you look at the, the spark score at the combine or the spider graph or the, the elite athleticism. And the weird thing about Latu is not only did he not produce much in college, didn't do well in the measurables either. Like there's really, I mean, I mean, he went to a good school. Yeah, yeah, he's better than you and me. But there, but there really was nothing that he did athletically or or just sort of statistically from a football standpoint that would lead you to believe that he should have been drafted in the third round instead of the sixth or seventh. And at, he had a horrendous training yeah, camp and a horrendous preseason. Really bad. Followed up with a meniscus injury. Just yikes! What yeah. a what a rough pick that was there. So while you have players like Dewan Jones who are you know, a fantastic right tackle lighting it up in preseason for the Browns, who I think was drafted in round three or four, you know, our third round picks or a kicker who, who may be too injured or, or <laughs> a tight <laughs> like end that we didn't need of, yeah. at all anyway. Yeah. Who's going to go on IR other kind of interesting things. Um, Darrell Luter jr. Was on the pup list. Um, Danny gray and uh, Beal, our fifth round pick were, were moved to IR while the, we're on the subject of draft busts. Danny gray is going to have to do something here. Yeah. Um, he might never see the field again. Who Who is he going to beat out for time? I mean, you've got Ayuk, you've got Debo Samuel, you've got Jawan Jennings in the slot, and now probably the biggest pleasant surprise of the entire preseason is the wide receiver, Ronnie Bell, yep. who just looked outstanding. Yeah, he had a couple of balls that went through his hands. Some of those ended up getting intercepted, but just an absolute perfect fit for this offense in terms of the yak bros he looks unbelievable with the ball in his hands he made diving catches really athletic moves showed outstanding tackle breaking ability i believe he led the the league in in preseason receiving yards yeah so certainly somebody who is going to push juan jennings um in terms of playing time i would have to imagine in addition to that He's shown that he can also return punts. I don't know that he has the sort of elite speed that you're looking for on kickoff returns. And that was, as you mentioned, a a surprising sort of cut there was Jamison, and he did end up getting uh, signed by the Panthers. So we're not obviously going to be able to use him on game days. Waiting for Ray Ray McLeod to come back. Not sure. Yeah, maybe maybe week one. So so we'll see there. But, uh, yeah. But if not, yeah, uh, Ronnie Bell, again, outstanding. looks to be a, a big-time contributor, at least on a part-time basis, for this team. I think if you're looking at other, I don't want to say surprises, but things that 49ers fans were maybe hoping to see and didn't from the 53-man decision, uh, Javon Kinlaw was not cut or traded. He is currently the 11th highest paid 49er. Does that make a lot of sense to you? It doesn't, but that is definitely one of John Lynch's favorite guys. I'm not really sure why. But he has a yeah. massive soft spot for this player. Again, you love the potential, but he's never been able to put it on the field. I will say he did look much better this preseason, but he was going up against second and third stringers in a lot of those cases. So 
I would not be surprised at all to see him getting completely pushed around as usual once he's going up against the Steelers or basically any other professional offensive line. We'll we'll see what happens. He looked better, but I am really going to have to see that before I buy into it. A lot has also been made of Isaiah Oliver, who was brought over, I think, Steve Wilk, or not Steve Wilk's. (laughs) Our, our new defensive coordinator wanted Isaiah Oliver, and he did not look good um, in, in preseason. He, he just he was getting burned a lot, even with the second and third units. Um, but Isaiah Oliver did make the team, and it looks like he's going to be the starting nickel because they just, unless they move D'Amador Lenore inside. But Yeah, I've been hearing rumors about that. Oliver did get burned on basically every kind of route combination in the book. He looked really, really bad. Um I have heard that Ambry Thomas has had a real sort of mental, um, psychological turnaround as well as physically is in really good shape. So I'm hearing that he might be having a chance to actually start outside instead of Demo, uh, Diamador Lenore, and Demo might be moving inside if they are not confident in Oliver. So that's going to be really interesting to see. Um, another player that we really like um, that really flashed a lot last year was Sam Womack on special teams and in the slot. He's a feisty, really aggressive guy. He can play inside and outside. We got to see a little bit of that in the preseason, and he looked significantly better than Oliver, which was a big surprise. So it'll be interesting to see how much playing time Oliver gets. If they're going to use Womack in the slot or Lenore in the slot, we really don't know. They haven't made that clear, and I don't think they have any intention of letting the Steelers know either. Yeah. I do feel like Chris Kosarek is is so important to this team. I'm so glad that that he's still with our staff and did not get poached. He's going to set the tone with all these guys. You know, we've got some people to replace with Samson Nebukam and um, Omenahu and, yeah. and, and things like that. Steve Wilkes will still be... You know, he, he is, I, I joked, but he is still still running the show. Um, it'll be interesting, too, to have a defensive coordinator who's up in the booth. You know, that's that that's different. We're used to having really emotional down on the field with Salah and Miko, and Steve Wilkes yeah. prefers to be up in the box kind of checking things. It'll be interesting to see if they can if still the defense have is able to feed off that energy because, you, like you said, you can't really get that in the box, in the booth. I'm honestly surprised that more DCs aren't in the booth. With that bird's-eye view, you can really – see everything it it makes a lot more sense to me to be sitting up there where you can see everything but I certainly understand the appeal of wanting to be in the thick of it there with your players so it'll it'll be very interesting to see how the players respond to that if they have that sort of fire under them when they need it if that sort of positive reinforcement is going to be there obviously this is a you know mostly a veteran team Um, obviously a lot of younger players as well but they can certainly get themselves up for games when they make an interception or a fumble recovery. They know that that's good. It's not like you need somebody to slap you on the butt and say, Hey, great job. These are professional athletes. They are paid to do this, but yeah, I I do have concerns. What are the odds that we hit on three phenomenal defensive coordinators back to back to back? There are not a lot of teams that do that. Um, The 49ers certainly could. Um, And, one thing that's nice, I think, is that Wilkes' specialty, of course, is in the secondary. That's kind of yeah. his bread and butter. We know that the defensive line is locked up, assuming that Bosa does actually sign. If he and Hargrave can stay healthy, I'm not really worried. How bad can this defense sure. be? You throw yeah. in Eric Armstead playing at any kind of average yeah. uh, level for himself. Warner and, and they're they're going to yeah. be just fine. Yeah. 
yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see. You know, we expect a lot more blitzing too. He Wilkes historically is more of a proponent of blitzing and applying pressure that way. I think Fred Warner is a good pick to maybe have five sacks this year or something. I'm sure he he would enjoy getting to blitz a little bit more. Um, getting back to the 53 man, I think the only other thing that you and I kind of rolled our eyes at. And I guess it just boils down to Shanahan wanting to bank more on experience and and sort of flexibility. Uh, Zakel making the roster, who who had multiple holding penalties and just looked really bad in preseason. Yeah, and it wasn't just the holding; they were blatant holds. And then he does the one thing you absolutely cannot do after you commit an egregious hold. You cannot raise both of your hands in the air and then immediately start whipping your head around looking for the for the official it's like do you think there like is there any chance any chance at all that they don't call that when you are waving both hands in the air like you're at a taylor swift concert and looking for the ref like just make how much easier can you make it for them to throw the flag come on See, dude. when i'm watching him i get more of like the it wasn't me even caught it on camera <laughs> it wasn't me <laughs> Are it, we allowed it, to? I don't know if we're allowed to sing that. It, but. it was Nick Zakel every time when when the flag is thrown. So yeah, I, I think those are kind of the the highlights from the fifty three man. I, I think uh, as frustrated as we can be as 49ers fans with underperforming players here and there, the reality is, to quote Will Ferrell and the other guys, they're not all first round picks. Okay, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but this is a it's a stacked roster. I think that the Eagles are still. Hard, hard to beat this year in the NFC and the Chiefs as long as Patrick Mahomes is, is healthy and the offensive line exists are, are still going to be hard to beat. But there's no reason why the 49ers can't contend for a Super Bowl with talent at every level you know, of both the offensive you know, sort of structure and defense. But. So you mentioned the other guys, that actress that, that he referred to as not a first round pick. It's Ava Mendez, right? Yeah. It's do this, you think, do you think she yeah. could maybe block for us? I th- <laughs> better, better than Zakel. I, I, I'd put money on it. Yeah. But uh, that's going to do it for us uh, this week, guys. As we said, be sure to tune in throughout the year as we go through the game recaps and uh, break down all the plays that mattered. And uh, and once again, feel free to check us out on Spotify, iTunes, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. We are the Niners Bros. 